Russian officials have banned children in the country under the age of 16 from seeing the new Beauty and the Beast movie because it includes a gay character. Wait, the Russian version of Beauty and the Beast has Putin in it? The Trump Report starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Oh, it's all Russia all the time, just like it is in Trump Tower. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Black on Twitter at ChristianDMZ. Don't forget about the show. The show's Twitter is at TrumpReportABTV. Seriously, just like it, follow it. You'll get the link to the show. Maybe we'll interact if some people start following. Just, you know, begging, pleading. But joining us, making her triumphant return to the table, the desk, the one and only Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. Hi there. We missed you last week. Oh, that's nice to know. But we're glad you're here now. So we don't have to miss you this week. And somebody <laughs> I didn't miss last week because he was here, Scott Moore at S-Man 80. Hey S-Man guys. 80, uh, very rarely tardy or absent from the Trump report. Well, tardy maybe. Tardy, well, tardy. I've, I've had some, but you know what? some close calls For the here people at home, they don't even realize no, how couple close, close calls. Have, yeah. But uh, Chelsea, you were actually just before you ran from one studio to another. Yeah, I know. You were joining our friend Drexel Hurd on Political Culture over on BHL. Yeah. Uh, Apparently it, it's my new gig. So yeah. this will be a regular thing. That I'll you be, just run run from studio to But they to only studio. do their show every two weeks, right? Uh, that's what I thought. And then at the end of the show, he was like, and we're going to be back next week because we're now a weekly show. And I wow. was like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize Ooh. that uh, Drexel and I had joint custody of the right. talent that is Chelsea Galicia's <laughs> talent. Obviously, you're a person known as custody of you. But the on-air talent, <laughs> we have okay. to share. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I, I already see some uh, great movement there in the chat. Uh, our friend Storage Yard resident does need me to call him and talk to him about how to Skype in, and we are going to have him on mm-hmm. the show very soon, uh, possibly as soon as next week, but we have to actually have the conversation first, because right now he's like, well, this sounds like news to me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so much to talk about. Uh, back in the USSR was, of course, the song that kicked everything off, and the reason is, well, most weeks we could probably play back in the USSR, but... It actually came up in the testimony from James Comey, and he didn't seem that disappointed to be sure. You know, I I don't want to say that he was uh, gleefully testifying that, uh, you know, they were really knee-deep in the hoopla, to quote our friends at Starship, that he was really investigating some Russian ties to President Trump. Uh, Your reaction, Scott, when you heard James Comey give this testimony? Well... You know, the the part of the issue I kind of had was the fact that he was like, oh, we can't reveal sources when we're in the middle of an investigation. Yet, however, it was kind of the opposite when they were going after Hillary Clinton's emails and making a big deal about that. So it felt a little two-sided uh, overall. Um, you know, you're making a big deal about Hillary Clinton and all the people that are associated with her, like Weiner and and everything else with the computer and the laptop and those missing things. But yet, when it came to investigating Trump, he's like, oh, we don't want to mention anything. We don't mention who exactly we're investigating because we're in the middle of it. And I get that this one is a little bit more sensitive and there's definitely more people involved, but it's right. a little double-sided. We don't want to say who we're investigating. Yeah. Their name rhymes with Raul Ranafort, but we're not <laughs> going to say <laughs> who it is. We're not saying. No. Yeah. So that was the only thing where I was like, a little bit like, uh, uh, a little double-sided there. Yeah. So nobody else was ex- excited. I was like, yes! No, I'm, I'm excited because I think it's definitely time. I just am wondering, okay, are they... How how deep are we going? So I was all excited about this, and then people I heard people are like, meh, 
Comey is the one leading this investigation. I have lost faith right, in well, Comey. Right, well, how deep is it going to go? So I don't think anything's going to come of it, which is kind of a bummer. And then I heard other people saying, even if there was clear links, the people that elected Trump are not going to care, and it's not going to do anything. We're, we're, we, you can't impeach him with, unless you have... GOP support. Well, that's what I heard, and I heard that the GOP is not going to necessarily do that right now. Uh, so, yeah, I've heard that as well, that they're just not going to go after I tried to ask it of Congressman Swalwell, who we just interviewed uh, for political culture, about, okay, so assuming that there's sufficient, you know, evidence, is impeachment, you know, the next step? Do you think that there is uh, enough support for that? And he was not, of course, willing to... No, nobody wants to be, yes, you know, I'm nobody wants for to that. be on the record <laughs> no. unless they're really sure or they have a battle with someone I wanted that they to can get is, their name in the newspaper. So I understand basically how impeachment works, but when it's the whole administration, like can, can an entire administration be impeached? Because I don't want it to just be Trump impeached and then we got Pence. But what did Pence do that he would be impeached? But the whole. So you want to just put the entire administration <laughs> in an etch a sketch and shake it and shake it and sh- is that an old reference? Everybody knows yeah. what an etch a sketch is, right? Yes. Uh, and you just shake it and then it's like, oh look, we've got nothing. Who do we put in the White House now that we yeah. have an empty yeah. etch a sketch? Like, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Sanders would fit. Is that is that the is that where is He'll this the way your in. mind went? Is this why you needed to take last week? Are you eavesdropping on my dreams? Uh, Well, if you believe Edward Snowden, yes. Yes. Even our dreams are now being bugged by the uh, government. Or did you watch me when I was microwaving my mac and cheese? (laughs) I'm uh, going to invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege. Uh, Our friend uh, Jason Blair is in the chat, and he pointed out that uh, he does agree with Chelsea's sentiment on Comey. He laid everything out about Hillary, but he stays tight-lipped on Trump. And it makes him think he's got nothing. Which you know maybe that's maybe that's what it is. You know, it could be the opposite though because he really had nothing on Hillary and made a big deal about it, and now he's being tight-lipped on Trump because there is something there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I I definitely think I do feel as I've re- asserted multiple times on this program that uh, I, there's there's you know they say where there's smoke there's fire, right. but sometimes where there's smoke there's just a little bit of fire that's pretty easily put out and swept under the rug. I don't think so. Did you watch um, Adam Schiff's whole laying out the Trump-Russia case? That I did not see. It was like 10 minutes of just beautifully laid out, like a lawyer, because I understand he's a former prosecutor, Mm -hmm. just laying out the timeline of the people, the connections, this, that, and the... it, It will have you convinced. And he didn't reveal anything that is ongoing in this investigation, I'm sure. Right. And and like my the bottom line is there is something there. It's just how far is Comey and other people willing to go in investigating it and how deep does it really run? Like how how much involved was Trump and some of these other officials and, and where does where is that? So that's the question. It's not if there was, there definitely was. It's just where is that line of the involvement and how deep does it go? And how do you impeach an attorney general? I, you know, that's a great yeah. question. That's why I like the etch a sketch, shake it. Look, like, I'm just happy to help. You know, come up with uh, creative solutions to the problems mm-hmm. that are bothering you about Washington D.C. Thank you. Uh, it, it would be hard because when you think about it, you you'd have to have multiple sort of trials going on because there hasn't really ever been one where you're okay. Now the president, the vice president, the attorney general, like. You know, you it's, know hard, it's hard enough to get a president impeached because it has some, to go through the House and then and it has to go to the Senate. Somebody's pointing, you know, uh, Jason's sort of making an, a, a point that's slightly different, but it's inspired me. What's going to happen is it's not going to be the whole administration that you could etch a sketch right. away. You'd go far enough down and it would be Kiefer Sutherland, like the premise <laughs> behind the show he's on, designated survivor. I think he's uh, housing or Department of Labor. 
And so he ends up being president because everybody else gets blown up. So there's somebody somewhere in the Trump administration who would be president. And I don't know how happy it would be at that person. Ivanka. It goes right. so far down the line. It is I mean, pretty she's sad. already got the office here's, next door. Yeah. Here's the thing about Ivanka, though. You know, you'd, you'd get the first female president. You know, it's not the one that, that some people voted for. But <laughs> in, in some ways, voting for Trump, you were sort of voting for Ivanka. Uh, and actually, let's jump to that because there were, of course, assertions made that Ivanka's role was going to be pretty much non-existent in the administration. You know, she Who really wasn't. That? Uh, I think President Trump said that after the election, that she wasn't really going to be that hands-on. But now she has an office in the White, uh, in the West Wing, no less. I was just going to say the White House. If anybody's ever been there, it's this massive complex. There's an old executive office building that basically is across the street. No, she's going to be in the West Wing. So she could very well be sharing an office with... Probably Rob Lowe, maybe <laughs> Allison Janney. We're not sure. But she will have an office in the West Wing. So there's something to be said for that. Uh, Chelsea, not surprised that uh, Ivanka's bringing her designer clothes and matching shoes and accoutrements into the White House. So I have some reluctance in talking too much about this for a couple of reasons. First... Are you up for a job on <laughs> Ivanka's right. staff? First of all... When, I'll take that as a yes. When yeah. <laughs> this, you know, to have a woman bash another woman, then it gets all into this not being supportive of women thing. And, you know, if I can avoid that argument and that, pro- I'm going. And the, the other problem is this, you know, I'd like to, to stick to important things, policy and um, corruption. And this, you know, nepotism could be a form of corruption. I was going to say that could be a form of corruption yeah. in a way. But I, uh, but, um, I don't. I don't like it, but I'm. I'm. I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it as much attention as it deserves, which is not so, a lot. So, would you be more willing to comment if it were Eric or Don Jr. moving into the in office? That's in the a West Wing? good question. Mm-hmm. I. I literally dislike them more because the only thing I can think of when I see those people are them standing next to dead huge animals they that hunted. they have hunted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. I I probably you would probably would. be, more but upset. here's the other thing that I um, gives me pause to comment on that. I don't know what the history of presidents and their families having offices, and so I wouldn't want to be accused of being really harsh on Trump when this is like a tradition. Right? And I mean, obviously Sasha and Malia didn't lady, have offices; it's, it's, they were too young. The modern first ladies have all had offices. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's not. It's not traditional it hasn't really happened because well, there haven't been trump and ivanka have a weird relationship right. where she is That's the the biggest understatement yes. ever said in well, the history she, of this show and well, so she's like a quasi first first and a lady, half lady yes that's yeah. how i was gonna say it's like i can't really comment until we know exactly what she's doing what is her role gonna be because in a way if she's sort of the de facto first lady since melania is in new york is she doing more of the first lady type duties where you know helping with staffing and things like that and the first lady initiatives for Melania. So my only reason why I couldn't comment so much is because I don't know exactly what she's doing. Right. She's doing legislative type things, you know, as a spokes, not a spokesperson, as a, a sort of consulting the president on certain things, then that gets a little more of a gray area on exactly what she's but doing. But if it was more of a PR office, sort of Well, like no, if it's more lady. like she's like a de facto first lady and she's taking care of the initiatives there in, in the White House and, and the, the kind of helping progress whatever the first lady's initiatives are going to be, which we still haven't really heard. Like that's I, one thing, like but... I, I, you know, don't... 
I can't imagine that she and like Steve Bannon are like buddy buddy. So hopefully, maybe she's like a counterbalance. Oh to him. No, 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 no! They don't get along at all. No. She married a Jewish guy. There's no way they get along. It's okay, a joke. so then maybe we should, you know, be happy about this. That you know, there's a distraction for for Bannon, somebody else to to fight to with. To give so her, he give him another, yeah, perspective. But again, we just kind of have to see what she's doing because it is, it does get into a gray area. Sort of what you're saying, a little bit of nepotism, a little bit of what, what exactly is she doing and what kind of influence is she having. On the president to really see. Uh, in the chat, our judge. friend uh, Kim K, the real Kim K, says that Trump mocked the idea that any of his children would be involved in government. Now, both his daughter and his son in law will work for him. So, exactly, there's the point. And so many people got up in arms when they thought Hillary was going to win and they wanted the Clinton Foundation shut down. And now Ivanka's got an office. I do think that that's a slightly different set of circumstances. Because the Clinton Foundation, and if Drexel were here, his head would explode at the notion <laughs> that the it's fairly well known that the Clinton Foundation is set up so that you donate to the foundation a nice sum of money, and then you get access to who would have been the president, or at least the first gentleman, Bill Clinton. So I, I think it's a little different, but also, again, we don't know. We don't know what a, Ivanka's office is going to be and right. what roles they are there. Well, too uh, soon. We'll move on to a what might be a recurring segment here. We'll see how long this goes on. Uh, the recurring segment is called Gorsuch and Such, and that mm. only came up outside <laughs> just before the show. Is that because, what, what did we have? The progressive silver lining? Yes. That thing couldn't stick because no, there were never there was no any silver linings silver. anymore. It, it, the progressive <laughs> silver lining actually turned out to be a very depressing silver lining. It was a very depressing segment. I mean, I would I would have one for this week. Okay, go ahead. Well, I didn't get to talk about it last week because I wasn't here, but that Bernie Town Hall meeting in McDowell County, West Virginia, was awesome. But what did it accomplish? It accomplished getting Trump voters to see that they had been bitten in the behind by their own vote. Well, I think... And they really saw it. Like, it wasn't them being lectured at. It was a real kind of conversation where I think, I really do think, that that audience there, and 75% of the people in that county voted for Donald Trump, but also in the primary, all 55 uh, counties in West Virginia voted. voted for Bernie. But it was a real meeting of the minds of how they're, they have hurt themselves in, with respect to health care. They've hurt themselves with respect to voting for somebody who promised to bring coal jobs back when they all agree that they know he can't. So, But they were just voting because he said that he would. Exactly. Okay. And uh, my other silver lining, and I always want to give props to Republicans that I feel like we did with Bill Haslam when he did the community college free community college uh, pilot program in Tennessee. Kind of the same thing in South Dakota. The governor, Dennis Dugard, a Republican, has not only did he veto the transgender um, bathroom bill issue that they had last year, but he also vetoed a bill on relaxing gun laws. Uh, so I definitely support that, you know, especially in a state like South Dakota, which is very pro gun and being with a very heavily Republican. Uh, system with their local House and Senate, it's nice to see that he did veto uh, the gun laws there. So I have to give a little props to Republicans when they do some good and stuff. That's what we try to do here on the show. Yeah. Impromptu. Yes. And that, uh, in, a, in a moment, we're actually going to have a guest join us, but I do want to talk about Gorsuch and such. <laughs> the uh, Gorsuch hearing uh, this, you know, today they covered some big issues, uh, abortion, the travel ban, and torture. In any order, Chelsea, what are your thoughts on what Gorsuch had to say about each of those? Well, the funny thing is, is that I didn't hear him speak on any of those. But did you read about it? I, what I focused on and what I saw, 
two were, were, were two people questioning him. One, Klobuchar, who asked him about Citizens United and about the rights of corporations. Are they really people with free speech rights and religious freedoms the way that living human breathing, living human breathing, <laughs> living breathing human beings do? Um, that is a of the utmost importance to me. And on the surface, he great, gave a great answer. He's like, oh, goodness, no. And then underneath it, the way he spoke about what level of scrutiny that um, should be applied with respect to corporations' rights was a little troublesome. Um, but that was the important thing to me. And then after that was Ted Cruz. And, and I think Ted Cruz is no longer, he's not lying, Ted. He is ass-kissing Cruz. Because it was this whole like insider <laughs> joke with him going back and forth with Gore. tell the fine people here about this story and that like he was sort of name drop it was a it was a like tell them tell them all neil how good a buddies you and i are and how great you are and how great the guy that um, was your mentor was and it was just the biggest waste of of time and i just can't believe that people elect ted cruz but you know that was Hey, Texas, right. Texas marches that. to the beat of a very different drum. So different, mm-hmm. it's not even really a drum. Scott, your thoughts on what uh, Gorsuch had to say on, on key issues. I, doesn't even well, have to be abortion, travel, ban, or torture. Right, no, but. I was just saying, I, I felt like he gave the answers. It's sort of like the job interview, and it's like when the cabinet officials go in for their... They're going to give the answers they think everyone's going to want to hear, and it still didn't make me feel comfortable. I'm still not over the fact that, he you know... He did. He gave very good answers. They're very polished, and I know he's been preparing. He's had plenty of time to prepare. It's not like they just said, hey, pop quiz, and we're just going to surprise you today. Like, he knew he was going in starting March 20th, and he was prepared for it. And he's a smart guy. Um, So I felt like he gave the answers that people wanted to hear. And I'm just still disappointed I haven't gotten over the Merrick Garland thing. I I still just find that whole thing garbage, and I feel like it set a horrible precedence, and now all of a sudden we're just going to pretend like it didn't happen. Like, I still feel like I'd like Democrats to fight it to the point to where Mitch McConnell has to use a nuclear option because I feel that that is, as much as I disagree with it, I feel like that's the only way we can go because I feel like if we just allow Democrats to just lay down and be like, okay, sure, we're going to just meet with this guy and we're going to, because you need eight votes right now from the Democrats to be able to to seat uh, Neil Gorsuch. So if Democrats don't, you know, and they fight it, it's going to, I at least hope... um, you know, push McConnell will have to do something like that. But they're Although, only going to do that if they hear a huge outcry from the public. And, and I, don't, I, don't, right. I don't think that's existent. But also, the fact <sighs> of the matter is, in a few years, a number to be determined, right. then now the precedent is in place, so Democrats can do the same thing. I know, thing and, if and they I, have... I think it's ugly, but I think what they did last year was really, really ugly and has now set a very dangerous precedent. So when so. it happens to them, they'll be very upset and cry right. about can, it, but can, it'll... Can, uh, I, I wish there was a way that we could push the confirmation hearings off until after the FBI has concluded its Russia investigation. Because if Trump shouldn't be in there, he doesn't get to. But he'll be in there. I, I know I know you keep holding on to that. There's like that carrot in front of you. It's a Russian carrot that keeps dangling in front of you off a stick. Russians have their own special carrots. Have you ever been to Russia? Yeah. <laughs> they, the they have their only. own everything. What's that? And the airport only. Well, so, so there you yeah, go. Same. They have the good food at the airport. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Look, there's all this investigation, but at the end of the day, you know, what will it take to shake that at your sketch and have a new administration. Right, that's the problem is that and even if we get rid of Trump, we're still going to have Pence or someone else, a, a Republican a conservative person. And Trump isn't going anywhere. It's, it's Well, I don't know. I still don't know. I, I'm not 100%. I don't, I don't know how I know because yeah, I know I, I have 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to put a wager on it, but I feel very confident that he'll be president for four, but probably eight years. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No way. I, I, and I don't think he's going to stay. I, I still could see gonna, him resigning. Well, I, now, that would be the most likely scenario. Yeah, where he's just like, you know what? This isn't fun. I don't enjoy this. Right. I'm out after two years. But that would be by, by I, his Well, design. no, I do. I feel like he would not run again if he knows he cannot win. Because I, 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 I do agree I feel with like that. he would That's walk true. away, and then he could say, look, I walked away, and Pence I lost, walked, or something like that. I walked away a winner, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we can never be up, because if he lo- he would never want to lose. Uh, someone that we hope will be a winner, and I'll let you finish your thought while we connect with our guest. Uh, we're going to speak for a few minutes with Robert Bobby McNeely. He's currently running for city council in Wheaton, Illinois. That's the West Dis- District. And we'll talk a little bit to him about some of the local issues there. But obviously, someone running for elected office mm-hmm. can weigh in on the big issues, at least we hope. What were you mm-hmm. about to say before I set up the connection with our guest? I was just going to say that I, ha- whatever, however you know, however you feel <laughs> that he's going to be there for four eight. Yeah, I have an equally, probably I think, intense feeling that he just will not be there. I he will not I last agree four with years. You. I cannot tell you exactly how or why <laughs> it will go down. But it I'm, will go down. I'm, it is just I'm, my feeling, and, yes, and as too. he goes down. Engagement in politics yes, among we'll all up. Americans will skyrocket we'll to rise to never the occasion. You know, the thing is, is that uh, my source is Putin, so I know it's true. Uh, and also, <laughs> the engagement to you know the increased engagement in politics. We we've seen a lot of marches, and I, I, we talked about this. I don't remember if we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago. Very low turnout for but elections. But that was L.A., and we no, already I talked know. about the theories. It's so not let's just see what that. happens, because there well, are a lot of... Well, we have to see 17 with the yeah. governor's race as well, and some of those special elections, and the one in Georgia on April uh, 4th, and then we'll see what happens in, in 18 with the midterms. But yeah, the L.A. one, you can't really... That's an anomaly. It's a liberal city. People don't feel the uh, need, because they know they're liberal. Things are going to win. That's that's the feeling that they tend to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, uh, speaking of elections where we hope that there are great turnouts... We appreciate uh, Robert Bobby McNeely joining us here on the Trump Report. Uh, now, you can't see us, but our, our viewers <laughs> on YouTube can see you. So keep that in mind in case uh, your nose itches or something. Uh, you might have to hold it till afterwards. But first of all, Bobby, <laughs> thanks so much for uh, joining us here on the Trump Report. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it as well. Uh, so the first thing that it says in your bio is that you're one of the youngest, if not the youngest, candidate to run for this position of city council in Wheaton, Illinois. So the obvious question is, how old are you that you're so young that you could be in the record books? <laughs> 28 years old. 28 so. years old. Wow. Okay, so right in the sweet spot for uh, After Buzz TV, the network we do the show for, uh, a, a f- place filled with millennials. And uh, talk a little bit, take a quick moment, give us the... Reader's Digest, if people understand what Reader's Digest is anymore, they probably don't. But a Reader's Digest version of your background and what led you to decide to run for this uh, seat on the city council there. Right. Well, I work for a nonprofit, Turning Point USA, and we advocate for freedom of speech issues and pro-free market issues on college campuses. So that can be kind of a challenge in this day and age. (laughs) Yeah, I think that uh, that might be an understatement. Exactly. So uh, and. So is this the first elected office you have run for at this point? This will be other than the exception of a committeeman spot that I ran for last year in the Republican Party in my local township, and that was unopposed. So that was an easier process. (laughs) Well, what are the key issues that you think are important to the people in Wheaton, Illinois, that kind of translate to the country as a whole, you know, sort of? 
you know, I'm sure there are all sorts of niche issues, you know, having a street named after Dexter Fowler or Joe Madden or something. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff like that in the works. But what are the things that uh, might resound with our audience across the country and around the world, I bet? Well, we really need to freeze and lower our property tax rates in Wheaton. They're out of control throughout the state of Illinois. Um, If you have any uh, familiarity with what's happening here in this area, there have been a lot of entrenched politicians on both sides of the aisle who have tapped into our very generous pension system. And we are now in a lot of trouble. Illinois has had the most people uh, per capita, I believe, leave the state of Illinois. We had 38,000 leave last year. And that net loss is larger than any other state in the union. So as a result, you're seeing those property tax rates skyrocket. And I'd like to incorporate some more intergovernmental communication so we can lower those and bring some relief uh, for the homeowners. Because a lot of young families and a lot of seniors are now having to leave the state because they either can't find work or they can't stay here on uh, their retirement. So it's something that's important and something I hope to bring to the table. Uh, One of the things it says uh, in your bio is that one of the things that you're hoping to see is a more unified, stronger community and also uh, a a nation. What do you see as, look, you know, it's rarely been as divisive as it is in the country right now. You can you can point to the 60s. You can certainly point to the Civil War as two times that were maybe a little bit more divisive. (laughs) But this is this, you know, at least in my lifetime, I'm 41. This is the this is the worst I've ever seen it. Uh, What do you think are some of the things that would actually help? You know, people don't need to agree, but how can we coexist with people who maybe don't agree with us? Well, I think simply having respect for someone on the other side of the aisle uh, will go a long way at this point. It seems that a lot of people uh, don't, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but uh, there isn't such an interest in civics or really a true understanding of that anymore. And I think there's a lack of understanding of how certain units of government work. You know, truly, what are rights? Uh, What does the federal government do? What's it responsible for? I think understanding that and a focus of civics and education would go a long way for uh, just a number of um, you know our young people and, and getting involved first and foremost. It's easy to complain, but you know if you're involved, uh, it, it really can help the community at large. Now, an an issue that you wouldn't directly be voting on in the city council there in uh, Wheaton, Illinois, and we're talking to Robert Bobby McNeely, who's running for city council there, is, of course, health care, but it is such a major concern and so much debate going on. In fact, President Trump spoke with members of the House today behind closed doors, and yet we still heard a little bit about what he had to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do the people of Illinois feel about Obamacare? Are they receptive to the replacement are they happy? Are they unhappy? What are you hearing as you're out there talking to the people in your district? Well, healthcare has been a serious issue. And personally, I lost my private insurance when healthcare was implemented when I was working for a specific company. And, and that was really a disappointment. So I like to share that story. Uh, right now, people in Illinois, at least in Wheaton, are kind of waiting to see how this all unravels. We actually have Uh, very highly informed voters and people who pay attention in this community. So that's what makes it uh, very unique and and strong in that manner. Uh, I think they would like to see uh, the Obamacare just uh, taken away completely if they can. So a more aggressive, conservative version of what's being discussed would be um, 
very important to the people in Wheaton. A more conservative version than the American... Uh, that's my co-host, yeah. Chelsea. I just realized you can't see us, so I, I just thought I actually meant to introduce you to the co-host. Uh, I'm with Chelsea and Scott here on the show. And uh, Chelsea, right. you feel as though a more conservative... I, I just I wonder what that would look like. What is more conservative than what's been proposed? Oh, sure. It's been more in line with what Senator Rand Paul's proposing, what the House Freedom Caucus is proposing. You're just having um, sales of health care across state lines, for example. So those have been... Uh, most of the concerns that have been aired to me. Uh, I also meant to mention uh, some of your social media. Uh, McNeely, the number four Wheaton dot com. McNeely for Wheaton, but spelled out on Facebook. So that it's you got to take notes. McNeely F O R Wheaton, <laughs> and then on Twitter we did uh, tweet out your address from the Trump Report account, but it's McNeely underscore Bobby. So you know you're out there. People can find out more about what you have to say on the specific issues, uh, and. If you're able, then when is the election, by the way? I, I meant to ask the, Laura, the publicist, uh, when it was so I could uh, put that out there. But how soon are people voting? Oh, yes. Well, early voting is happening right now. And you can do that through the uh, county building in Wheaton. So very convenient. But the actual election is uh, all over with two weeks from tonight. April 4th is the big day. Tuesday, April 4th. All right. So good to not have an election on April 1st. I was just thinking mm -hmm. I, when you said April 4th, I, I somehow misheard April 1st. And it's like April Fool's Day does not <laughs> seem like a good day to have an election. Uh, if you are lucky enough to be placed on the city council, what do you think would be the items most important to you to sort of get on the agenda as soon as possible? Well, again, first and foremost, uh, freezing and lowering of the property tax rates, namely because we're a very healthy city government. We take an average of $28 million in revenue per year. So I believe we could bring some relief in that regard because, again, we're seeing a lot of people uh, leave Wheaton and leave Illinois. And it's becoming – there's unintended consequences in raising those taxes. The argument is let's keep the property values up. Of course, it's important, but – we're now seeing people vacating the state. So that's a real issue. Where are um, they going to? Well, are they going to neighboring states or do they leave the region entirely for are they just leaving because of the taxes? Or do you feel like there are other reasons to sort of relocate to, say, I don't know, Arizona, Florida, somewhere like that? Well, the weather's nicer there. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Although we didn't have to really deal with a lot of snow uh, this winter. It's namely because of, of the tax rates. They, uh, it's it's a really wonderful community to to live in, and uh, just wonderful people here in the Midwest. So uh, they're definitely leaving because uh, they really can't find work, or uh, their businesses aren't faring as well as they could. Say even Wisconsin or Indiana. Uh, governor Rauner, our governor Bruce Rauner, has talked about that. Uh, you know, you can move your business to Indiana and have a lot more competition and less regulation. And he always jokes that they're not leaving the weather or for the weather because you're basically getting the exact same stuff. <laughs> right. No, that makes sense. Uh, one thing I did want to point out uh, in our last couple minutes here, uh, you support various military organizations. So I wanted to uh, say thank you for that. Uh, you give contributions to the USO, the Gary Sinise Foundation, and Gary does some amazing work for the troops. And, you know, yes, his name's on the foundation, but most people don't even realize just how much time Gary spends on that. And, of course, the Wounded Warrior Project. Uh, one thing I was very interested in uh, in your bio, it's very early in the first paragraph. You appeared on the Comedy Central show Tosh.0. Oh. Explain how you go from being on that show to running for city council. 
Yes. So I studied opera in college and I have a theater and arts background. So I'm still singing on a regular basis. But I uh, was a, um, an actor uh, right before all of this, and I discovered impressions through an opera studio class that I took during my sophomore year of college. And uh, I put out a video on YouTube uh, for an uh, audition for a television show, and Tasha's producers actually picked it up, and they sent me the script. And we did a Thanksgiving-themed show uh, making fun of some celebrities. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, and I, I bet it's still out there because, as we all know, those of us who do shows for the internet, things live on forever and ever on the internet. Even if you don't want them to. Yeah, right. sometimes you don't want them to. Uh, the last point I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about uh, talk about the importance to your outlook on life, on the world, on the role government should have. Uh, you were raised by a single mother. So talk a little bit about that and, you know, please uh, give some credit to your mom for what I'm sure was not an easy task. Well, she was really amazing and, and continues to be. She's really uh, the guiding light in my life. And I say that, too, because she showed my brother and I the essence of hard work, you know, to never quit, even when the odds are stacked against you. And that was really true for me when uh, I had cancer, actually. She was right by my, my side through that all. I was diagnosed when I was 15 and dealt with that through high school. So that was a real challenge that... I think ultimately prepared me for the world of politics because you have to have strong armor and, and you take a lot of bullets. And had I not been through that, had I not uh, experienced the things that I have experienced, uh, including being an actor where they can kind of throw the, the door right in your face um, a lot, <laughs> that really all led me to this to this moment so i'm grateful for that sure no absolutely that makes sense well uh bobby mcneely as i said before mcneely the number four wheaton.com mcneely for wheaton on facebook and mcneely underscore bobby on twitter uh good luck to you and if you win you uh can sing a, some celebratory opera i guess i don't know at the swearing in <laughs> ceremony people can have that to look forward to anyway really appreciate you uh taking the time to chat with us and uh good luck to you Oh, thank you so much, and thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. I think that that might have been the, is that the first guest? That's the first Skype guest we've had on the Trump Report. So thank you so much, uh, Bobby. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I uh, thought that it would be nice to give him an opportunity, and, uh, you know, uh, I didn't know he sang opera. If I was prepared, <laughs> if I knew anything about opera... Would I you have asked him to just I, yeah, right there? Right. But I was just like, I'm going to embarrass <laughs> myself if I ask him. Can, can you sing that, uh, that one from the Bugs Bunny, where he's dressed <laughs> like a Viking? And, you or know, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah, Beauty and the Beast, which... Oddly enough, we mentioned early in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we Bringing it back. mentioned, yeah, right. it's all <laughs> cyclical. I was seeing if he was going to catch that, yeah. <laughs> if I was paying attention to my own joke, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, one of the things that we did mention, we talked about how President Trump met with the GOP in health care, and uh, he warned them. He said, uh, this is interesting, because this is how he looks at things. He, he, was, he was really jacked up from having a, a crowd, a big crowd turnout in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we won't have these crowds if we don't get this done. So... Uh, I was checking my uh, English to uh, – well, if you have an English to Trump dictionary, it's actually English to Russian 
Russian to Trump dictionary. There's always the, the intermediary step that you have to watch. You uh, know, for such a, you are really on this Russia thing. And it's, <laughs> don't believe it's going to bring it down. What the? Did you see the, it up? Did you see the graphic that uh, our friend Stephen made for the show? It's an amazing graphic. It's a it, take a no, look at it on YouTube. Funny enough, I didn't, I didn't see it. Well, anyway, he did a great job. Uh, but anyway, so the point is that. It means he won't have these crowds if he doesn't get it exactly. done. Exactly. So, you know, you could lose re-election if you don't vote for this legislation. And however, I think that obviously there are going to be Congress, congressmen and congresswomen. There's to be, is Congress people an actual <laughs> noun? It just sounded weird. I almost said it. You know, representatives. <laughs> there would be representatives that clearly believe in the the new American Health Care Act. And then there are going to be some that are basically going to base, and probably the majority of these representatives are going to base their decision on, is this going to help me or hurt me right. when I run for re-election? Right. And they are really stuck between a rock and a hard They really, time. really, really yeah, are. Because if <laughs> yes. the people in your district, in your state, voted and we're very happy with Obamacare. You don't want to be the, you know, look, it's it's well, not nobody, culture. Is anybody really happy with Obamacare? It doesn't sound like it. But this it No, but the alternative, worse. that's what I'm saying. It's the difference. And we've talked about this at nauseum from the beginning that there were issues with Obamacare, but it was better than what we had before. And instead of making this health care plan better than Obamacare, it's worse. It's basically bringing you back to what it was before Obamacare. And again, it, it is a it is a conundrum for them because on one hand, sort of what Bobby was alluding to, you have some of these congressional people, especially the House members that are have very conservative districts, feel this doesn't go far enough on the conservative side, like you were like he was saying. Basically, get rid of all these Obamacare things that are still in there and get rid of it. Period. Then you have the other ones that are going to be in, like, the Senate, for instance, that the whole entire state is voting for you. And people like Kentucky, first of all, don't even didn't even realize till recently that Connect, the, the program that was started with Governor Steve Bashir, the former Democratic governor, to separate itself from Obamacare, a lot of those residents didn't even realize they had it. And that was a learning process for them. So when yes. you have people that are running statewide, like a senator, they're going to have a lot more vested interest in making sure that this new healthcare program is going to be up to par because of those people, their constituents are losing Medicaid expansion yeah, coverage. Yes, They're going to be in a more difficult people place. People have no idea. Yeah. And that was one of the things that came up in the Bernie uh, Town Hall is a doctor from McDowell County said, 75% of my patients are covered by Medicaid and they don't even realize that that was right. made possible by Obamacare. They don't give President Obama the credit that he deserves for it and they're going to be the ones in the most pain when this is repealed and, and those people that, that that now have to have the statewide are the ones that are going to be hit hard the people like paul ryan that have a very conservative district can be more extreme because those people don't want it and are going to vote for the republican candidate so that's where they're in a difficult position and the thing is again which we've also talked about obamacare was based on a republican plan on a conservative plan so, you know, it's just it was because they hate him so much they decided they want to get rid of this without helping to make it better. And so they they are in a very difficult position and it's going to be interesting to see what kind of amendments they're going to add into the which they've started working on to help appease some of those concerns, but they you've got people all over the place on the Republican side. And and Trump's uh, what where was he when he was saying no matter what happens the Democrats are never going to vote for it. They're never going to vote for it. They're never going to vote to fix anything. And I, and I was like I I think he he doesn't remember the last right. eight years that the Republicans were obstruction obstructed everything. Obama came out and said, "Hey, I will fix Obamacare if you give me something that I can sign." I'm and they up never for it. did. I'm open to it. 
do it. I want to see it. I want to work together to try and make it better. I know that it's got places where it could be improved and nobody did anything about it. Well, yeah, because no one's going to get their political right. bones made right. by helping exactly. President Obama of fix course. Obamacare. They're going to just run, hey, we're going to repeal it. And, you know, again, then that turned into repeal and replace because they realized, like, hey, what's going to happen? But the replace is the the tricky part. And for President Trump to get back into full-fledged campaign mode, although some would say he never stopped never campaigning. Stopped. <laughs> but for him to really pull aside some GOP representatives and tell them, basically, you have to vote for this, means that, you know, the indication is that the votes aren't necessarily there. That doesn't mean it's not in trouble. I don't know that the Senate will pass anything Senate, that no. yeah because that's the Senate's not in the business of passing things that the House does. Well, that's no, not what and, they're there for. And it's 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 also very different because you have such a slim majority with the Senate with the Republicans that they need the Democrats to help pass that too. So you need those oh, Democrats to that's help. That's what it was. So you're not going to be able to get those votes. So yeah. it is dead on arrival. Trump was trying to say that because we need some Democrats that it's the reason why his bill is not better. It made no logical sense. No, I was no hoping sense. somebody else understood what he was no. trying to say. But he was saying that the Trump the, the Trump care is not a better bill because of the fact that Democrats will need to vote for it. Uh, and by the way, uh, Chelsea, you were wondering, so you know, you're talking about something you, you heard attributed to President Trump. And you say, I don't know where he was when he said this. He was on Twitter. That's all. That, that's the only place he ever is. It doesn't matter where he physically, physically is. Gonna, is. He's on Twitter. Or so he's in, yeah, because physically he's probably in Mar-a-Lago. So, that's true. And, and emotionally <laughs> somewhere else. Emotionally is, yeah. But you know he's got he's got his phone in his hand and he's on Twitter yeah. for sure. Speaking of which, by the way, we're on Twitter. Thank you very much. <laughs> At Trump Report ABTV. Go on. take While well, you're way. watching us right now, go ahead. Especially if you're watching us on your phone. It'll t- just go like this. For anybody listening, that you you know, just swipe it. All right, for the love like, of God, just swipe somebody, right. Somebody follow it. it again. <laughs> if we had T-shirts, I'd give them away, but I don't. So um, I don't. Hmm, can I start giving away these AfterBuzz mugs? I bet people would get mad if I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so that was one of the big issues I wanted to talk about, but sort of non-Trump related, in at least not directly. Uh, something that had been alluded to and she'd been accused of and she swore didn't happen. Oh, look at this. Donna Brazil gave uh, debate questions to Hillary Clinton. And, uh, you know, you feel there's no remorse because she said, oh, I don't feel I just feel bad that I got caught. And, you know, you always have to take something like this and flip it around and say, well, what if this were well, I was going to say Chris Wallace giving it to giving it to President Trump, but Chris Wallace would never give questions to anyone because <laughs> he wants to, you know, trap them in the moment. But you see what I'm saying is what if, let's just say, okay, what if Sean Hannity gave the questions to uh, then-candidate Trump? That would probably be upsetting to people who had supported Hillary or maybe even supported Bernie earlier in the campaign. But are you upset to hear this at all? Donna Brazile had... You know, I mean, she she knew better. She shouldn't have been giving questions to Hillary. And by the way, it didn't help. So why would you do that to your reputation? Well, I was going to say it did help because, I mean, she won the debates by, but she didn't win the presidency. I mean, but you know, winning here's the, the debates. Thing, they, and I'm not defending her, but it was very vague. It was sort of like a Trump-ass thing where she's like, well, I gave the topics. I didn't give specific questions. I gave topics. And then some of the more conservative people are like, oh, she gave the questions blatantly. And from what the other things I've read, it was more of a, oh, I gave the general topics that were going to be discussed kind of thing and a little bit more 
flowery and not quite like I gave her direct questions. I'm not saying it's right, and I don't think it's right, and it's not right on 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 either side to be doing that. And yeah, she should know better. And we've already had issues with the DNC, and that's what we really need to work on. That was part of my issues with having mm-hmm. Perez going in there. I felt he yes. was still a little bit too in yes. the establishment wing. That, and exactly yeah, that. She's I second that. Yeah. So it's it's not good. That's where the biggest problem is. Is that because Donna Brazil? What represented the DNC yes. for so long after what's her exactly, name? Exactly after Debbie uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Schultz, you know, she which my old boss, a- my old boss Dennis Miller used to say about uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz that she was a waste of a hyphen. So uh, <laughs> just just wanted to give so, credit to the joke yeah. there. Yeah. So that's that's the problem is that it make, makes the DNC look terrible, yeah. maybe rightfully so, right. and then the DNC went and elected somebody who is considered to be on the same wavelength. Yes. Established person. Which makes me not be the most enthusiastic mm -hmm. Democrat. And all that this does is fuel the narrative that President Trump has had for about a year and a half is that everybody's out to get him. Nobody, you know, the media is against him. And this wasn't the media, but it was a televised debate. So, you know, at the same time, it, it just seems like for those of us who believe that President Trump will be running for re-election in now three years, uh, he will be able to say, like, oh, you know, should I even should I even participate in those debates? How do I know what's going to happen with the questions? You know what? I'll just do I'll just do a couple of town halls. Let's do some rallies. You know what? I'll do a live version of The Apprentice now that I've had Schwarzenegger executed. Again, these are things that I've seen in the future. This is a possible yes. this future. This is like yeah. in 2020. As, as Master Yoda says, the, the future is always changing. It's very hard to read. But these are these are the things that I see and, and my sources. What is this? Like, are you the arrival character or the alien? Who uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Come on. Not everybody's seen that movie yet. Really? Well, if well you it's a little late now. If you haven't by now, you're not going to. to. Right. It's been out for way too long and... Oscar nominated, so if you've gotten to it now, it's and a little late. Kevin Spacey was Thanks Kaiser Sosa. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> anyway. it came out on Friday. I could be like, okay, maybe not everyone's seen it yet. Yeah, and by the way, Sir Jared Resident, who may be on this show next week, jumps in in the chat. Trump 2020. Does that mean he's running in 2020, or does it he has 2020 vision and he sees everything? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to bet your answer, Sir Jared, is both. And uh, yeah, so we ha- we have to have a conversation about Skype, Storage Yard Resident, and I, and then we'll we'll figure out the best time to do that. Uh, so I will be drinking before that it one. Then doesn't seem bring <laughs> enough for me, please. Here's the thing about Storage Yard Resident: no one, sorry, even Kim K, we love you, but no one is more loyal than Storage Yard Resident. I think he's been here for every show, all the way back to Trump versus Hillary. So we appreciate. He does that. have a good record, and there. that's right. Loyalty and dedication yes. will get you on the show. So keep that in mind. Maybe Kim K can be on in a few weeks, uh, and I don't know where the guy is who's always talking about it. he doesn't believe in money. I don't. I haven't seen him today. <laughs> Although there was somebody in the chat who told us we suck. So thanks, thanks for uh, watching though, because he stuck around long enough to tell. Right. We all sucked. It wasn't like he picked one right. of one of you out. Uh, but anyway, maybe he had tuned in to see Bobby McNeely, and he was just like, "You guys are the worst." Uh, Chelsea's answer. Uh, this is from Jason Blair. He'll be a subject in ABC's 2020 Investigates. So there you ah. go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, like uh, I think we're pretty much out of time here. So again, we always run out of things. There's always more we could have talked about. Talk of the handshake, the awkward non-handshake. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, there, Merkel there seems like there's been a lot faces. of non-handshakes <laughs> that go back. But anyway, thanks to everybody in the chat, and again, make sure you follow us at Trump Report ABTV. We'll be back. Next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern. So make sure to find us then. For myself, Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia, 
and Scott Moore at Sman80. And of course, our guest, McNeely underscore Bobby, and some other ways to find him online, too. <laughs> our friend Kevin Undergaro does not like inconsistency in social media, so I'm glad mm-hmm. that he wasn't here in the studio. He would not have been happy. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only, do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.